What is going on, everyone? It is Mason Pierce here, host of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast, and we are back at it again with episode 33 of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. I can't believe we're already at episode 33. I still remember, you know, thinking about how I can make a podcast, what I would name it, and we're already 33 episodes in, so thank you to everyone who does listen to these podcasts either consistently or have just listened to one or two, so thank you a lot. I hope y'all are having a fantastic Monday. Now, guys, do we have some decent news to talk about? There's some breaking news regarding Notre Dame and their schedule next season. There was a lot of transfer portal news, some really sneaky good commitments. We also have a lot of contract extension news in the NFL and then some trades in the MLB. So before we do get into all that news, guys, I want to make sure first that y'all are following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce on both platforms. I will leave a a link in the description below in case y'all are interested. And if you just like daily sports news and funny entertainment, I suggest following both. But nothing less, guys. I hope y'all enjoyed today's episode, and let's get right into it. So for today's first news, it's going to be regarding Notre Dame. Now, as y'all know, Notre Dame is one of the, you know, greatest college football programs in all of the country. My great-grandfather played at Notre Dame for Newt Rockney, so obviously I understand a lot of what Notre Dame traditions and everything like that is. So, But Notre Dame is actually finally, I guess you could say, getting rid of a tradition. Um, Notre Dame, they have announced they will host HBCU slash FCS school Tennessee State in the 2023 season, which will mark the first time that Notre Dame has ever played an FC, FCS team at um, South Bend so I mean I do think it's something that definitely should be I don't know I've seen a lot of mixed opinions about it like a lot of people are saying you know Notre Dame has always kind of had that reputation of you know not playing FCS team because they want to strengthen their schedule you know versus teams like Alabama or like you know the, the huge power five schools that do it kind of to have a cupcake game almost just a guaranteed win to warm up players but I do think it's cool Notre Dame is doing it but I do think there will be a lot of controversy around it because obviously Notre Dame has, pr- has prided themselves around you know having one of the toughest schedules in all of the country so definitely something to continue to keep an eye on I don't think they you know it's it's already it's already set in stone so they will be I think it's their season opener too so I don't know how fans are going to react. I mean, I definitely do think it's cool the fact that they are going to, you know, allow for these smaller schools to be able to get a, you know, play at a bigger program like Notre Dame and get a lot more attraction to them. But nothing less, I know this does go against Notre Dame's traditions and everything so forth. So definitely just continue to monitor that situation because I know there's a lot of Notre Dame fans that are really upset with this whole scheduling thing I really didn't think too much of it to be honest I mean in my opinion personally I think it's pretty cool because I know Notre Dame they do have one of the toughest schedules in the country but also at the same time Notre Dame has never been able to do anything in the playoffs or even New York New York Six Bowls because we saw it when they played Oklahoma State this past season in the Fiesta Bowl and they got they literally choked a huge lead and then ended up losing to Oklahoma State. So maybe it might be good the fact they get a you know kind of a warm up game, and then it might lead to some you know postseason success. I'm hoping that it you know because I want to see Notre Dame succeed. I think most of us would say the same thing because seeing Notre Dame constantly and I mean constantly lose horribly to teams like Clemson, Alabama, like you know the obviously the blue bloods of college football, it just gets boring after a while. So 
nothing less, they will be finally playing an FCS school. So that is definitely some cool news. Now let's get into some transfer portal news. The first news we have is regarding former four-star and current Ohio State cornerback J. John Cavazos. He has entered the transfer portal. Um, not really too shocking. He's always been super down on the depth chart, kind of like how Quinn Ewers was. I mean, he they super talented kids, but obviously there's a lot more talent in front of him and a lot more proven talent in front of him. So he will be entering the transfer portal. But in case you don't know, he was a highly touted recruit coming out of IMG Academy, which obviously produces some of the most greatest college talent and NFL talent. And he was part of the 2019 recruiting class. So he will definitely be drawing a lot of interest from a lot of schools. Expect a lot of cornerback, you know, needy schools maybe Oklahoma State possibly could be an option for them because they lost a lot of their corners and secondary players to the transfer portal so nothing less there's now another huge name in the transfer portal the next news we have and this was kind of some shocking news really I mean this happened on Sunday and no one really expected this to happen or not Sunday I'm so sorry guys not Sunday I keep forgetting today's Wednesday oh my gosh I did the intro thinking it was Monday I'm so sorry, y'all. My days have been so mixed up. I had my birthday yesterday, and it's just been weird. Anyway, this happened on Tuesday. A former four-star and current Alabama wide receiver, Ajayi Hall, he is apparently no longer listed on Alabama's you know full-team roster. Now, in case you don't know, Ajayi, another super talented kid, but obviously had to sit behind guys like John Mechie, Jalen Waddle. It just, you know, the whole stacked wide receiver core at Alabama. And this season he was posed to, you know, he was he was expected to become a huge star for the Alabama Crimson Tide, you know, to become another one of those guys. But apparently he decided, you know, hey, this isn't going to, this isn't where I want to be. And he, is a, he has not officially entered the transfer portal yet, but with all things considered, that's probably the direction he's going unless something magically happens where Alabama somehow keeps him in Tuscaloosa. So it's not, it's going to be another situation that I will continue to monitor for y'all, but nothing less I definitely would expect for him probably to enter the transfer portal. So that's a huge loss for Alabama. And, yes, I know they got Jalen Burton from Georgia, and, you know, they, they already have a stacked wide receiver core. But Ajayi definitely is a solid wide receiver. He is young. He, is, he has a lot of raw talent, but definitely I know Alabama is able to craft a lot of these wide receivers into superstars. So nothing less, another huge name enters the transfer portal. Now the next news we have is regarding former four-star and current USC running back Brandon Campbell. Um, obviously another highly touted recruit coming out of Katy, Texas, down in the Houston area. And he entered the transfer portal a couple months ago. Obviously, he drew a decent amount of attention considering, you know, that USC running back room is so stacked that he never was going to have a chance regardless because all the new transfers that came in once Lincoln Riley did come to USC. So he obviously, another situation of just getting pushed down the depth chart, not because he didn't have the talent, but just because there's so much more talent. Now, Brandon, he is officially committed to the Houston Cougars and Dan Holgerson. Now, I love this for Houston. Houston obviously had an amazing season last year, going 12-2. and two. So, I love this you know, pickup for Houston, considering they do need some running back help. That running back room is pretty scarce. So, nothing less, great pickup for Danner Holgerson and the Houston Cougars. Now, guys, that's it for the college football news. See, I told y'all it will slowly and slowly and slowly. There will become a lot more. 
just got to get through spring practice, got to get through spring ball. We do have a lot of spring games coming up around April 22nd, April 23rd. So that'll, be, that'll definitely be something to continue to watch out for. But guys, let's get into some NFL news. Now, the first news we have is regarding the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers and star safety Minka Fitzpatrick are close to a new contract extension that would make him the highest paid safety in the league. Now, obviously, Minka Fitzpatrick has been one of the best safeties in the league for the past couple years, ever since he did come into the NFL from Alabama. So, well deserving of it. He puts up great numbers, gets a lot of picks, is great in coverage. So, I mean, really, this isn't shocking. I'm glad they're going to, you know, finally secure him in on a deal and keep him a Pittsburgh Steeler, especially after they traded for him from the Miami Dolphins a couple years ago. So, great for Minka and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The next news we have is regarding the Buffalo Bills, and this actually happened on Wednesday morning. The Buffalo Bills, they have signed star wide receiver Stephon Diggs to a four-year, $104 million contract extension main reason why they probably signed this right now is considering how high the wide receiver market in the NFL is getting so definitely they needed to secure him before you know his market was going to end up being four years 180 million or four years 150 million so now they're getting him for about four years 104 with a you know top 15 receiver in the league so great job by the Buffalo Buffalo Bills front office for continuing to just be great with these contract extensions. I mean, yeah, they're not. I mean, yeah, they are. You know, paying a guy a lot of money, especially that Von Miller deal. But I know there's a lot of things in his contract that you know they could void. So really, they're not paying him 120 million for six years. They're like doing like a three-year, 60, 70 million or something like that. So. No, Buffalo continues to have one of the best front offices in the league, in my opinion, specifically with guys like Justin, or not, I almost said Justin Allen, I'm thinking of Justin Fields, with Josh Allen, you know, signing him to that contract extension last offseason, so huge, huge contract extension for the Buffalo Bills. Then the next news we have, it's regarding the Dallas Cowboys. So, apparently, this has been reported by many sources in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys were apparently in on wide receiver Devontae Parker before he was ultimately traded to the New England Patriots, you know, the former Miami Dolphins wide receiver. Now, in case you're like, why would this matter at all? This means that Dallas is still trying to find an Amari Cooper replacement or possibly, you know, a wide receiver three, a slot guy to replace, you know, Cedric Wilson because obviously they don't have a wide receiver three now. They've got CeeDee Lamb who will probably move up into the wide receiver one position. They've got Michael Gallup who will probably still continue to be the wide receiver two. And then that wide receiver three position is kind of just left wide open, a.k.a. the slot position. So definitely continue to watch out for Dallas trying to make trades. I, I've seen a lot of things about Brandon Cooks which I would love if Dallas got Brandon Cooks. Brandon has put up like seven 1,000 yard seasons in the NFL and has consistently been one of the more underrated wide receivers in the whole league ever since he did come into the NFL out of Oregon State. So nothing less. If Dallas can manage somehow to get Brandon Cooks and they can kind of restructure his contract so they're not paying him as much because I know he has a pretty hefty contract. That would be huge for my Dallas Cowboys and would definitely be a huge help at the wide receiver position. So continue to watch out for Dallas, maybe possibly targeting the draft. They've talked to guys like Chris Olave, the Ohio State wide receiver, who is going to be in the 2022 NFL draft. So they're already targeting a lot of wide receivers. But ultimately, I would be super-duper happy if they somehow traded like a fifth-round pick to get Brandon Cooks from the Houston Texans. 
Now the next news we have, it's regarding the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons, they have signed linebacker and former Tennessee Titans first-round pick Rashawn Evans to a one-year deal, which means that Rashawn, he will be reuniting with his former um, Titans coach, Arthur Smith, and former defensive coordinator, Dean Pease. Now, I love this for Atlanta. Obviously, Atlanta, they're 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 probably at most I say their ceiling this year is gonna be seven wins and the floor is probably gonna be two or three. So this is more kind of just and that's why he signed a one year deal with them. Probably just, you know, maybe boost his value a little bit considering he's really the only decent defensive piece on there. I mean, yeah, you know, they still have Grady Jarrett, they still have, you know, Casey Hayward they just got and they've got AJ Terrell. But the defense is is not gonna be anything extravagantly, you know, good and obviously the linebacker position after they lost foyer i'm not even gonna try and pronounce his last name to the jaguars so getting a guy like rashawn evans who's been a proven at least above average linebacker in the nfl you know the past five years he was with the tennessee titans so nothing less it is a good pickup for the atlanta falcons who need a decent amount of linebacker help so i love that for atlanta you know getting him because I know a lot of teams are targeting him. Possibly could have gone to the Raiders, you know, with him and uh, Jayon Brown. So nothing less great pickup for the Atlanta Falcons. The next news we have is regarding the New York Jets. Now, the New York Jets, as we all know, were in the Tyreek Hill sweepstakes. But it ultimately was never a decision for New York to actually land him. Because Tyreek had already said, I don't want to go to New York. I already plan on going back to Miami where I'm from. So y'all were kind of just a, you know, kind of a bluff almost so New York you know they're still in the wide receiver market so they have actually interviewed many receivers in this year's draft which a lot of those names include Ohio State wide receivers Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave obviously they released um, Jamison Crowder due to his contract and the fact he's just aging so now they probably are in the looking for you know a new slot receiver and yes they still have Braxton Berrios who's in my opinion is one of the more up-and-coming slot receivers in the NFL but definitely getting a guy like Chris Olave who could play outside and some slot as well would be huge. Or just getting a guy like Garrett Wilson who could be a solidified wide receiver one and two for your team, at least in the future, would be huge. So definitely another thing to watch out as well because New York, obviously, they still need more wide receiver help. Now, guys, for the final NFL news that we have for today is regarding the New Orleans Saints and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Philadelphia Eagles and New Orleans Saints, they traded a decent amount of draft capital partially kind of just swapping years and picks because we all know philly had probably way too many picks to begin with uh i mean they really this year's draft is not stacked enough to where you're going to need all of those picks next year's draft is probably going to be insanely filled with talent especially with quarterbacks and everything like that so Philadelphia's kind of, you know, jumping on the bandwagon for the 2023 draft because now the New Orleans Saints, they traded their 2022 number 18 first overall pick, a third round pick, a seventh round pick, a 2023 first round pick, and 2024 second round pick to the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Eagles will be giving in exchange to the um, New Orleans Saints, the Eagles 2022 number 16 and 19 first round pick, as well as a sixth round pick. So... Philly will still have, I think, two first-round picks in this year's draft, but now they will also have two um, two first-round picks in next year's draft, and they're kind of getting rid of some of those, you know, third, seventh, you know, the picks that normally, you know, they get released after training camp or PTOs, so nothing less. I like this for the Philadelphia Eagles because they're looking more towards the future because obviously, you know, the Saints, they need a lot of help now, 
but Philly's kind of in a you know position now where it's like, okay, we can wait till next year's draft when there's a lot more talent on the board when we possibly are going to be needing to look for a quarterback if Jalen Hurts does not pan out this year for the Eagles. So nothing less great trade for both of these teams, in my opinion. Obviously, New Orleans, they are completely, they need help all around the board, specifically the quarterback position. And yes, you could say Jameis Winston is pretty solid, but... You know, Jameis Winston is not going to be the future of the New Orleans Saints. They're going to need to eventually find a younger and, in my opinion, more talented quarterback to replace him. So maybe they find it this year with, you know, the five top prospects, whether it's Desmond Ritter, possibly Kenny Pickett if he drops that far. So we never know really what will happen. Now, guys, that is it for today's NFL news. There was a decent amount. Uh, it really came down to Tuesday. Tuesday was more of the huge news days. But, guys... As we go into the MLB side of today's news, we have so much news to talk about, and I mean so much news to talk about. So to start it off, the Boston Red Sox, they have announced that left-handed pitcher and, you know, ace Chris Sale has been placed on the 60-day injury list with a rib fracture. This is really unfortunate for Chris Sale because he was out the past two years, I think, with Tommy John surgery, and, you know, he didn't really pitch at all. As we all know, when he's on the, when he's on the mound, you can't stop him. I mean, he's unstoppable. He's a lot like Jacob DeGrom, in my opinion. Yes, you're like, whoa, that's a huge category to put it in. But him and Jacob DeGrom have a lot of similarities. They're some of the best pitchers in the league, but they're constantly out with injuries. And it's unfortunate because it's not something these guys, they can control, right? Like, they can't control when their arm is going to just snap in half, right? Because think about it. When you're throwing consistently 95-plus miles an hour, your arm is eventually going to get worn out and... I guess Chris Sale and you know Jacob DeGrom are kind of having that similar situation. But now, obviously, in this situation, Chris Sale, he's suffering a rib fracture. I don't, I didn't really read into how he got a rib fracture. I'd probably say it's either baseball bounced back and hit him, or he tried he threw too hard and one of his ribs, you know, from the force of the motion, it broke. So nothing less. It is really unfortunate for the Red Sox as they will be losing their ace pitcher for at least 60 days plus, probably. So. Obviously, they will not have him for opening day, but still, the Red Sox are still super talented. They have a great infield now that they got Trevor Story from the Colorado Rockies this past offseason, and just in general, the Red Sox have one of the best lineups in all of baseball. Now, the next news we actually have, it's regarding the Cleveland Guardians, and you're probably like, wait, Cleveland is finally spending money? They're actually finally trading or they're you know doing something? Because they're kind of in the same boat as the Oakland Athletics, who... I, I don't even want to talk about how bad Oakland has been this offseason regarding moves. I mean, they've traded their whole infield and let a lot of their outfield just walk for practically nothing. I mean, yeah, you can say they're getting prospects back in return, but are these prospects going to even put up half of the production that guys like Matt Chapman and then, you know, you had Matt Olson and all of them, are they going to even do half of what they were able to do in the majors? So, besides the point... The Cleveland Guardians, they actually decided to spend some money. The Cleveland Guardians, they are re-signing third baseman Jose Ramirez to a five-year, $124 million contract extension. I love this. I'm so glad Cleveland finally did something because if they lost Jose Ramirez, that's a huge hole to fix, especially on the hot corner. So nothing less. And he's also a slugging third baseman, too. He will get you home runs. He will get you hits. He may not be the quickest. He may not be the most, you know, 
agile, but Jose is a great hitter, and getting him back, and he's and he's proven it. I mean, he's been an all-star the past couple years, so nothing less great, great, great signing by the Cleveland Guardians. I ultimately thought Jose was either going to end up getting traded or was going to end up walking in free agency, but I'll tell you with a grain of salt, he probably won't go the whole five years with Cleveland considering if they don't really do anything, Cleveland will probably have you know similar – I'd say off-season, kind of like the Oakland A's did in a couple of years from now. They'll just, you know, start garage selling everything. You know, oh, this is 30 cents. We'll take it for, you know, take it for 30 cents. And then, you know, you get a Jose Ramirez who can start at third base for the next, you know, half decade for you. So, but nothing less. I, I like it. I'm, I'm finally glad Cleveland decided to sign someone because I don't even think Cleveland signed any decent names this off-season either. So, uh, nothing less. They did make a move, so I will give them that, but definitely the league needs to find a way to make a minimum amount of spending that a team should do because Oakland spending barely over a million dollars in free agency is insane. <laughs> I mean, it, it's insane to think a pro sports league that isn't obviously the highest league that you can get in baseball and they're and they're barely spending a million dollars. I mean, I get the whole moneyball scheme, I get the whole philosophy behind it, but come on now. No one's going to want to watch baseball where you have a bunch of minor league players on a major league team that are getting crushed every single night. It's just, it, that's, I mean, it's not hating against it. I mean, obviously it worked back then, but nowadays you can't really do that anymore because talent continues to get better and better and better and better. And you're going to be putting up guys that barely will probably hit 230, 240 average with like 10 home runs maybe so just something to continue to keep your eye on for both of these teams when it comes to just them not wanting to spend money i definitely think it does need to be addressed because you you I mean you're not going to pull any more attendance especially in the oakland coliseum and yes i know they you know they got approved for that plan to build a new stadium but that doesn't that's not going to happen for another couple years so you still have to play out in the oakland coliseum which obviously is already a dumpster fire of a you know a stadium but nothing less Though, you know, they at least Cleveland did make a move, so I will give you know Cleveland that. But the next news we have, and this is kind of a shocking trade, the Detroit Tigers, they're trading infielder Isaac Paredes in a competitive balance B pick in the 2022 MLB draft to the Tampa Bay Rays for outfielder Austin Meadows. Now, this one made no sense to me. Austin Meadows has consistently been one of Tampa Bay's best hitters. I mean, he's been a great outfielder, plays great defense. And they pretty much got him, and they pretty much gave him to the Tigers for pretty much nothing. Now, in case you don't know, the Detroit Tigers they signed Javier Baez, who, when when he plays actually decent, can be one of the best you know shortstops in the league. They made a couple you know key signings, so now that they just improved the outfield even more, you know like Bakula do, they've got also him you know an emerging star in the MLB. So it just definitely did not make sense for the you know the value that they just didn't give they gave him up to the Tigers I mean Austin Meadows has consistently been one of the you know better outfielders in the league too so and obviously one of the better hitting outfielders in the league so nothing less Detroit you were finally looking like you could be in playoff contention and could probably make a run in the playoffs so Detroit Tiger fans if any of y'all are listening to this I'm super happy for y'all because y'all have finally made some really good moves this offseason now guys to finish off today's episode I want to talk about the NCAA tournament the national championship game that went down on friday 
and what a comeback by the Kansas Jayhawks. I did not expect them to come back, you know, being down 15 at the half. I thought that game was over. I thought North Carolina was going to run them out of New Orleans. But Kansas said, nah, you know, Remy Martin, we're going to need you to shoot like prime, you know, Ray Allen. And that's what happened. So the Kansas Jayhawks, they did complete the comeback. The, the Kansas Jayhawks have been crowned the national champions by beating the North Carolina Tar Heels by a score of 72-69. to 69. Now, I mean, Armando Baycott, I want to first give him a huge shout-out. Going 15 for 15 with a really roughed-up ankle, then obviously at the end, he, you know, roughed it up a little bit more. So I'm hoping, you know, prayers towards him. I'm hoping everything's going to be okay. But when your two top guards for North Carolina shoot a combined, I think it was like 10 and 50 from the field, you can't win games. You're not going to win games. And when Kansas... You know, they started showing a lot more effort in the second half, too. North Carolina looked a lot more relaxed, like, oh, okay, we've already won the game. But I knew, I'm like, this game is not going to be over because Kansas is too good of a team to lose 30 points or lose by 30 points in the national championship. So Bill Self, he gets another national championship. I think it's fantastic. So, you know, sending guys like Remy Martin, Ochai Obaji, you know, Lightfoot, and just all of those stars on that Kansas Jayhawks team, they will at least be able to finish their careers with a national championship. So especially after they did, they weren't able to do the 2020 tournament due to COVID, you know, they had huge expectations going into that tournament. And obviously because of COVID, it was completely canceled. So nothing less congratulations to Bill Self and the Kansas Jayhawks on winning a national championship. So guys, I really hope y'all enjoyed today's episode. I know I enjoyed making it for y'all. And guys, I'm so thankful that I've been able to do 33 episodes for you great and beautiful people. And guys, before I do let y'all go, please make sure that you do follow the TikTok and Instagram of the Cover 7 with Mr. Pierce podcast. I'm telling you, it is some of the best entertainment and obviously the quickest news you will get in the whole world. And yes, I said it, the whole world. <laughs> but anyway, guys, I hope y'all have a fantastic Wednesday and I will see y'all back here on Friday. Peace.